I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, you guys. Welcome to episode 136 of Please Advise. I'm Miles Christina Lopez. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm super tired from doing Lifetime movie podcasts. But I know. I'm you have so many podcasts now. Right now I do. But this is the tough time of the year where I'm doing all of them at once. And <laughs> so and usually I'm not doing Mother May I Sleep with podcasts. But it's been really fun so far. We had Ryan Bailey last night. We did the Fab Five Texas cheerleading scandal. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Do you know what a chocolate tampon is? I don't want to know. Okay, so <laughs> basically, like, it's based on, so there there was no reason for this to be a Lifetime movie. Like, the story itself was not particularly remarkable. I did notice it came out on, like, New Year's Day, which made me wonder if it was, like, the original, like, big Newsweek story came out on New Year's Day, and I was wondering if it's, like, kind of like a slow day or something. Like I can imagine they're like, okay, we're going to put out this story we've been working on about this like small town scandal or something. But it wasn't particularly salacious. The details of the actual crime were like somewhat more interesting. But like I guess like these girls just would harass their high school cheerleading coach and like terrorize the other cheerleaders and they would break the rules and always get away with it because the head cheerleader's mom is also the principal. But like the whole time you're waiting for someone to get murdered or for like something like some like someone to drink and drive into a tree or like something to happen that would like warrant this being 
a rip from the headlines thing because like this was just a bunch of bad girls. You can write bad girls being bad in, in any town, anywhere, still cheerleaders. doesn't have to be the Fab Five. Mm-hmm. But apparently in real life, they did this thing called a chocolate tampon, which I had never heard of until last night. Sounds terrible, though. I'm sure you can like assume an area of what like it, the, what the thing is, right? Apparently, one of the cheerleaders and like an act of revenge shoved a tampon up her ass and then threw it at the coach. Which to me, I'm oh like, oh my god, that is so much worse for you than it is for the person <laughs> you're doing it to. What if you miss? Like, I mean, like, uh, what if a million things? Like, why would you? That's like the worst, stupidest high school form of punishment ever. That's also like the girls who soak their tampons in vodka. Well, no, because at least they get something from that. Like, I guess, what do they yeah. get from this? This is a very. There's a lot of things you could throw at someone without having to shove something up your ass first. It's, it's. Did she take it? Did she take it out before? Like, I don't. I'm trying to figure out how this. Like, did she come with the tampon already? Like, pulled out of her ass, or did she pull it out and then throw it immediately? I'm thinking that it. She did the. I think she did like the 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 heavy lifting in private and then had the tampon at her disposal when she went she out. She just there. like carried it in a Ziploc bag all day, just waiting for the moment to hit this yeah, coach. Probably. Yeah. Which is another reason why it's so stupid. I don't know. But I it was a good movie, I guess. Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Liars was in it. Tatum O'Neill as well, so I enjoyed it. Jenna Dewan, great actress. Wait, Tatum O'Neill or Jenna Dewan O'Neill? Jenna Dewan Tatum. Tatum O'Neill and Jenna Devon Tatum. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting combination. Um, so our guest today is someone who I brought back. It's Jeff Latula. Hey, babe. How are you? Hi. What's going on? Not not anything on the level of chocolate tampons. I can Have tell you, you ever that heard much. of that? No, but now I can just imagine like this high school cheerleader walking around with what is ostensibly like a dead tiny mouse in her fingers i mean it's crazy it's like so it's like uh, man i'm with you though like there's no like you're you're just hurting yourself when you're doing that so this was like this conversation i had with my friend last night who is a pretty good friend of mine like i would say like one of my better good one of my better friends and he was like hey have you like been in a fight before like a and i'm like no like why like how could you be my friend and even have that question like of course i've never fought anyone and he's like you never just like when you were like 13 or something, just like punched a girl. And I'm like, no, like this Ryan Bailey thought I literally had punched. I'd probably been in a fight with hair pulling or punching or like I got into a bar fight. Like he had big aspirations for me. And that and I was like, that's so not my personality. I would so never do that. And it made me think like, is this much more common? Like, have you fought someone before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What? I, I, I was a meathead. Like so, in high school? Yeah. College. But, and you would like just like get in a fight? No, I would never start one. Right. I'd nev- I've never started a fight in my life, but yeah. <laughs> You've punched someone? Sure. Why? Because, I, I don't know, it's, it's dumb, <laughs> but. You see, who you hit? Um, you know, when I was in high school, like girls would threaten to jump me all the time. That's like very common in New York City, like public school culture is like, oh, you're yeah. going to you get went, jumped. If like, you went to public school in New York City. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, I, I don't know what kind of like. <laughs> like I, I went, lived in, grew up in Lexington, Massachusetts, where I was aware there was fights. But they always happened off campus. Like I was saying, I don't even really know that I've seen that many fights 
in in real life, like in front of my face. Like I think probably I was like, are you just thinking of movies? Like you've seen a lot of movies where people. Oh are no! After school on the train was like grounds like <laughs> ground zero for fighting. Wow! Yeah. On people the train, fight. yeah, all that. That's not an uncommon thing. Wow. I think your experience is really more. I'm not, yeah, I'm not you're su- the rare one. I think. No, I know. I'm but not like, surprised that you haven't. No. I mean, he was like, you always like, well, you could like be mouthing. I'm like, yeah, of course, that's a fear of mine is like getting hit because I'm mouthy. Right. But like, I. Yeah, I had to like, you were getting mouthy at a bar and I had yeah. to like get girls to stop yeah. wanting to fight you. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> I was like, she's drunk. Stop paying attention to her. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, that was, like, you know, that was the other thing, too, is he was acting like this would happen common day. He's like, like, what if you just, like, were at a bar and you said to some girl, like, oh, hey, slut, or something? I was like, oh, I wouldn't do that. Well, I think <laughs> I think maybe the question is, what would you do if somebody, like, took a swing at you? Then what would you do? I would, like, cower in fear. Like, okay. I like well, I wouldn't punch back. No, because then it just invites more punches. That is... That is kind of true. When a person like rails on you, then like, okay, that's like one hundred percent their thing. Like you're you're clean. Well, yeah. You get to sue that person and be like, they beat the shit out of me or whatever. So you're just thinking legally. Yeah. Okay. And also like legally and also just like what can I say that I did? Like, yeah, I scratched someone. Like, I don't want to be in I don't want to be incorporating like and then I bit her. <laughs> like, I just wouldn't be like, yeah, I just like completely rose above. If you ever go to court for biting somebody, I promise I will be there. It wouldn't be for, it would be, I got beat up and then in, like, in the act of trying to defend myself, I bit someone. Yeah. I could see myself in that situation, but I I would try not, I would try to just go limp. (laughs) I really would. Like a little toddler. I would, I would just go limp. I would just, just be like, yeah, beat the shit out of me. We'll deal with this in court. Um, All right. Should we take some phone calls? Hi, Malls. I just called in, and I think I got disconnected, or I was just talking way too long. Either way, long story short that I need some advice on is I was with my boyfriend for four years. I am 32 years old, so I was with him pretty much from, like, 27 to 31. We both lived in different states. I ended up literally going on vacation to see him for the second time after 10 years of not seeing him. And the second time that I saw him, I decided to stay, and I didn't get on my return flight. So I pretty much started my life in South Florida with him with just a carry-on bag. So that was interesting. So here's the problem. This guy was really good. He challenged me in all the right areas. He pushed me to be a better person. This was a relationship that I've never been used to. I've always had dysfunctional relationships, and he was literally the best man on paper and also a person that even after four years, I would get excited to see him and that never left. And we talked about marriage. We talked about all the important things that a couple would do being together for that length of time. Fast forward, him and I started arguing. He said, hey, maybe we should just take a break. Maybe you should just go back to your state, Minnesota. And your friends and family, maybe a couple weeks apart will do us good. So that's what I did. That ended up turning into a breakup of like six months. Then fast forward, then we ended up getting back together, but not moving in together. So it was a long distance relationship. So for a year, I was traveling back and forth. Side note, I worked from home, so I was able to do that. 
And I was going there once a month, staying there for half the month. I was buying stuff for the new place that we were going to move in. After my lease was up, I was going to move back there. And then all of a sudden, it was like he ghosted me. It was like two weeks before I was actually going to make the big move. And he's just like, you know what, this isn't going to work. And I had to push this out of him because I knew something wasn't right, but I had to, like, push it out of him. Like, if you're going to break up with me, just break up with me. Tell me what's going on. I am selling everything out of my house. I'm not re-signing my lease. Like, tell me what's going on. Finally, I pushed it out of him, and then we ended it. And it was literally we were going good, ready to move, and then literally the next day, we're done. That's literally how it went. It flipped my world upside down. Now, this was last April, last April, and now here we are a year later, and I can't get over him, and I haven't called or contacted him. I haven't done any of that, but literally, I have reminders nonstop. I feel like my expectations of a new guy is set to what he provided me. So, like, I'm kind of thinking she either, like, majorly misread some signals, like, even maybe about the moving in thing. Like, I, I it just it, it just seems to me like they had a long distance relationship, and she was more excited than he was, and it came up to like D Day, and he was like, "Oh, I actually don't want to be in this." Re-. Like, there doesn't seem like a lot of mystery here. It just seems like it took him a while to realize that they should break up. Yeah, but she wants to know like how she can move on. No, man. Well, you know what she I'll say I'll say this. She said something really interesting that I picked up on about measuring up all other guys against him. She should. Yeah. If he treated her really well and he was good to her and she was in love with him, that should be her standard. I mean, you shouldn't have to apologize. People just have like they have no patience for dating. Like it's going (sighs) most of it is going to suck so bad. Like really honestly, like if you go on two hundred dates, like one could maybe be someone that meets the standard of like an ex that treated you very well, but that there's still, there always needs improvement. Like that's what I think is great about breakups is you're like, okay, cool. Like now I know all of this stuff is what I need in a relationship, but that thing can't exist. Yeah, exactly. And so like everyone gets a little bit better because of that. But unfortunately what happens is like your standards get better as it becomes harder and harder. It's like anything else. Yeah. Once you get like in a really amazing pair of sneakers, you can't just like go back to wearing shitty sneakers or anything (laughs) like that. They just get more and more expensive, you know? I, th- I think too. To find. That, I think too that people work themselves, and this True. is I, equal with guys and girls. They work themselves into this thing when they're dating. Of in, instead of being like, "Oh, I'm going to go out with people, and maybe something will happen." Yeah, they think like, "Oh, I'm going to go out with people, and I'm going to find something." Yeah, so like they go with every person. And they're like, "I'm going to this. I'm going to find something in this person that I that I want to date," uh, and that never works. I don't. I don't think that has ever worked. So that's why it's like. I think Tinder, like, it's very, very important to keep, like, a low expectation at all times. But, like, and 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 to do it any other way is foolish. Like, what else do you expect of the randomness that is Tinder or whatever? I also kind of think people need, a, like, more patience in terms of dating. Like, maybe try two dates at least. Because, like, people can be surprising and first dates are really nervous. So, like, don't oh, yeah. write off someone on the first date. Unless, unless someone is, like, like appalling. Yeah. Yeah. And But, but that said... There are a lot of times that people give someone a chance that they shouldn't based on some sort of like obvious appalling behavior <laughs> on the first date and like or like a major red flag. Yeah. 
uh, and you give someone another chance because you're like, well, it seems like it's there on paper. It is really like the kind of like the guys that you're like, well, that guy wasn't a great conversationalist, but he was very polite. And I think that there's a lot to be said for like also um, meeting your basic needs as like being a human. Yeah. Uh, like in terms of uh, like I was talking to a guy on Tinder and we were setting up something and I was like, well, um, let's put something in the books. He's like, oh, I'm more of like a last minute guy. And I was like, okay. I was like, that's fine. I was like, then I was like, I'll tell you honestly, that's probably not going to work for me. Right. <laughs> and he was like, um, and he was like, no, 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 like we should talk. And I was like, no, like that's the thing. It's like it's okay that that you're a last minute person and that I need to be scheduled, right? You know, like and because we can stop talking right now and it's the same <laughs> as ten minutes ago, right? Like right. when we weren't talking. So like, and I think on the other side of that too, you know, if you find like you, you know, if you meet up with somebody and you're like, oh, there weren't sparks. Like the worst thing anybody has ever bought into is the idea of love at first sight. Yeah. Because sometimes you need to actually like draw things out of people. That's why people who are friends start dating because it takes a long time to draw the things out of somebody that you find attractive or that you want or that you like. It's, it can't yeah. always happen right up front. Totally. Um, but I don't know, girl. There's something like she sounds very type A. It just seems like it was a normal relationship that fizzled out. I mean, I, I like I, I I completely understand like having been broken up with or breaking up with somebody and then still thinking about them later. That's a totally normal thing, but I don't, yeah. it's not like supernatural. Yeah. No, no. Um, well guys, well, like call us back. I mean, I don't know. Are you sure that there's nothing going on with the boyfriend? Like he has a secret. I don't know. Like he was seeing someone else on the side or something like that. And he that's was possible. Was he could have, you know, he could have also just met someone new, and yeah. then yeah. was just like, "Bye." That's kind of the vibe I got. Or yeah. you know, I really think that there's, as an expert on long distance relationships, <laughs> I really think that there's something to the idea of uh, not necessarily out of sight, out of mind, but when somebody that you're dating lives in another place, and then they're going to move, and it becomes real, that can really like trigger you into being like, "Oh, I don't want, I don't want to do this." So it's possible he met somebody, or it's possible he just felt like that for a while, but. It didn't matter because he didn't need to break yeah. up with her. Or, yeah, he didn't want that on him. Like, she moved her whole life out there. Right. It's like, that's a big responsibility. Yeah. And you don't want to be the one to be like, oh, it didn't work out. Like, better to get out early than, like, exactly. and be on a lease with someone. Leases are the devil. It is. It's true. Like, that's the that's the ultimate commitment. I wonder, I hope their apartment situation was okay. That, like, that was a situation she could get out of. Would you, at what point would you, in this stage of life, would you move in with someone? Like, right, if only – no, I mean, like, I probably – I don't even know if I would, like, have to wait for the wedding to be over. Like, I would need to, for it to be that permanent. Oh, yeah. I just don't want to move my shit in somewhere, and I don't want to get comfortable somewhere, and I don't – like, no way would I ever do that. Like, that's just too – I mean, I think there's something to living with someone before you marry them, but, like, even then, that's fucking rough. It all matters, too, like, how much you've been around the block. Like not necessarily being like older, older, but just being older, like in your thirties. Yeah. Like if you, especially if you've already lived with somebody, especially if you own a house. Yeah, yeah. Then it's then yeah. it's easier to 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 be like oh, I've, I've kind of done this before. I know what living with somebody is like. But I think when you're younger, it's like, oh Christ, what is living with somebody like? Mm. I only lived with my college boyfriend. I lived. I've had roommates and stuff, and I've lived in. I practically lived with people, which, but that's it's just all like. No, ma'am. Not a fan. 
I'm not a fan. I don't blame you. But that's why I also don't I think also I really want to get married. Yeah. I also think, like, I'm not against the situation where, like, I'm neighbors with someone I'm in a long-term relationship with. Right. You know, and it's like we can kind of they check in each other. They live down the block or yeah. something. They live, like, in a couple units, like, or, like, two houses down or something like that, or across the sh- directly across the street or something. Like, you've just got a huge house like- with, like, bedrooms on either side. <laughs> Maybe that's – I just need to get house. rich – Get a mansion, yeah. and then we can have our own wings. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's really that's the way to do it. <laughs> I really like a house on Big Love. Oh yeah, like that property where you just have a mutual backyard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds yeah. kind of delightful. That'd be kind of cool. Um, all right, let's hear your next call. Hey, malls. It's Kayla from Minnesota. I first just want to say how much I absolutely love the podcast, and every time that I listen, I feel like I'm listening to friends. I feel like we have a lot of the same opinions, so it's super, super great to be able to share something like that with somebody that I don't even know. Uh, Okay, so a little bit about me. I am an aspiring writer. I graduated with a BA in creative writing a couple years ago. I'm 24 years old. And recently, I have also become married, so that's really exciting. However, my husband and I live in a college town um, about an hour south of the cities here in Minnesota. And the reason that I am calling with a question is because I feel like there's something more for me that I need to be doing to improve my writing career. Um, right now I'm not doing anything career-wise as a writer. I'm sure that you know being a successful woman in the industry how difficult it is to break through and do something positive, creative, while still paying your bills. Um, so I obviously love my husband a lot. We don't want to move. I don't think that a huge city is something that either of us want, but I'm wondering maybe what your advice would be if you have any, as far as how to really break through and make this writing thing something possible for me. I also don't know if it's just something that you go through in your 20s where you feel like you should be doing something more than what you're already doing. Um, I have a website. I'm trying my best to kind of keep people reading my work, but I think my friends on Facebook and Instagram might be tired of reading the same blogs and same kinds of stories over and over again, even though they are really supportive. So my advice or my question again for advice would be, you know, what do you have as far as maybe some feedback for me or what would you think would be a good starting point as to how I can further this passion of mine? Um, And I hope to hear some advice soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, there's like a bunch of like things I picked up on in here. Um, my my personal favorite was how she said she became married, became like, married. Like, it, like it was a car accident. I was trying to think of like what you become, like what you kind of like maybe like involuntarily or in a stage in life, like when you became I became a woman, became a man. Like I was trying to think of like what what you what other things you become. Because it was almost just like I thought she was going to be like I became paralyzed. Yes, like <laughs> it was just so uh, such I interesting am wording. A married person now. Um, I also will say like you know a little bit like wordy at the top, and I would say that one thing that could help 
use a little bit of like um just a little bit of self editing, like literal, like literally self, like you know what's important to a story is it that you became married or that you're trying to write. And I, I will say that like that does that always like I, I always like bump on that a little bit because when people are like, oh, I'm trying to keep up with my blog, it's like you shouldn't shouldn't be something that it's like an f it's like it should be i am doing that like yeah. you just it should it should be effortless for you to an extent or something that is such a priority to you that like even though it's not always easy because it's not easy to sit down and write something every day even if you don't like publish it publicly just sitting down and writing it you still are doing it you shouldn't be trying to do it you should just be doing it um and in terms of your audience feeling tired of reading the same things over and over again. I, I say the first thing I suggest is stop writing the same thing <laughs> yeah. over and over again. Like that's a good, that's a good note. It could also be, you know, at 24 and married, there's a little life experience thing that's happening. Cause you don't really have a lot, a big well to draw from. And I so was wondering lacking. if she was writing fiction cause mm-hmm. she was saying like stories. Yeah. But even that, like your life influences those totally. kinds of things too. And so if you don't have life experience yeah. to draw from, you, it, you might not ha- find inspiration. So I'm, I'm curious as to what kind of writing she's doing. I think that's important because yeah. when she says, when she says, you know, we, we don't want to move to a big city. We're not big city people. Okay. If, if, if you're like want to be a novelist, I suppose you could probably do that from anywhere or be a journalist or yeah. you know, whatever it is. If you want to be like a screenwriter, then pretty shit out of luck right now. Um, but, but I think that, I think that it's all about mentality and constantly improving yourself and listening to that feedback. Like if you're actually getting stuff from your friends that, you know, you're there, they seem to be tired of reading your work. That's a good indication. You need, need to do different or better work. Yeah. One thing I was thinking for you was like, there's writing programs you can do. Um, I've heard of one called the artist's way. I was reading one that's basically more spirituality based recently called, the Lotus and the Lily. And basically it's like a 31 day writing program that has writing prompts and, um, basically going through the process of it. Um, you're supposed to write it by hand. I would do it on a, on a laptop to be honest, just because I think I could write more and fast faster, but you create kind of this volume of work over the month. And in doing so, you kind of come up with all these new ideas, find these new, um, like, thought pathways and also like recover a lot of stuff. And that might be something that's like cool for you just as a way, if you're finding it hard to get inspired to write every day to just like do a fresh start like that. But when it comes to your blog or whatever it is that you want to write, I would think about trying to figure out how to do a mini version of what you would do if it was the real thing online. Mm -hmm. So like think of basically like if this was a book or if this was a movie or a TV show or whatever, like what is the idea? Like, what is it about? What is your blog about? What's like one idea? And it doesn't have to be something that like you think would become a book or whatever necessarily, but it should have like a theme and maybe guidelines or something that'll make it a little bit more interesting because to Christina's point, if you're kind of just writing about anecdotal like life stuff, unless you, you know, are very like, you know, humorous writer or if you can you know figure out a way to make something very profound out of like the day-to-day stuff um you might need to find like a subject basically and i don't know if that's like geodes or like like recipes or like you know maybe you're going on some sort of like diet journey or some some sort of theme 
Yeah, uh, that really, it really might, it might force you to one, keep up with it regularly and two, research stuff and learn stuff and go out and do active things that will help your writing. Um, and also, don't you think like watching movies and like, like, um, taking in a lot of really good media when you're, oh, yeah, when you're like stuck helps a lot? Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, First of all, I agree with everything you said. And second of all, I think that especially when you feel like you get stuck, like this is a this is really a personal thing, but I'm not one of those people who believes that you have to write every single day. Like I yeah. think that's ridiculous. I think you need to be consistent. You need to write consistently, but forcing yourself to write every day. I actually think that maybe she needs to give herself permission to take a day off um and just not worry about it and then come back to it with fresh eyes. Mm. Um but I would say to the to the point of the media, like you know, fill yourself with things that you love and that you find positive and that you make you want to write about. Yeah. Um, and even if you just start there, because I think a lot of people suffer from a crisis of passion when yeah. they think, oh, I should be writing about one thing when what they should be writing about is exactly whatever it is they're interested in. Yeah. Um, so you can get off that path. I would stay on that path. And in terms of maybe feedback or whatever too, getting honest feedback outside of your friend group or whatever, I'm sure there's like Reddit communities for that yeah. where people do that sort of thing. And that might be a good thing for you to explore to get some honest feedback on your writing from people, even though you're not like in a place where there's many other writers, there's the internet. So yeah. there's lots of places to get kind of, I would, I would also say along those lines, submit to be published yeah. and uh, and uh, enjoy the rejection letters because if if you look at them the right way, they'll just make you, force yourself to get better. Yeah. Well, the other thing I was also going to say, and like to that point, um, I understand wanting like mainstream legitimacy, but there's also like, and I, it's hard, it is hard to get into uh, really well, make money off of your creative uh, pursuits. Yes. But we do live in a day and age where like self publishing exists and yeah. you can kind of take that into your own hands. Um, and people have been able to make a living without having mainstream success. Yeah. In self-publishing. I agree yeah. completely. And actually, that was like if she was a screenwriter and didn't want to like move to L.A., I would the first thing I would say is, OK, well, you should. But if you can't, then write something and shoot it, like get people together and shoot it and put it out there. And that, I think, is, is basically the same as what you were saying. Like if you're an author, yeah. then publish your stuff and see what happens. I mean – yeah, you can get All you're a lot lose of, is money. Yeah, you can get a lot of forward momentum from that. It could push you to legitimate quote unquote legitimacy. Yeah. I think Twilight was self-published first. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, Fifty Shades. Okay. Which well, yeah. was based on Twilight. Yeah, yeah. There you It go. was a Twilight fanfic that turned into a self-published. Yeah. yeah. All, it's Success. all the same to me. <laughs> Jerk off movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how did you, like, did you grow up knowing you were going to be a screenwriter? Or? No. I, um, oh my God, it was so funny. When I was like a junior in high school. I really badly, um, I wanted to be a, like a tornado chaser and I wanted to be a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember my science teacher, I was the worst. I sucked at math and I was bad at like the math parts of science. And so I'm telling my chemistry teacher, I mean, I was getting like a D and I'm telling my chemistry teacher like, oh yeah, I want to be a meteorologist. And she's like, you know, that involves like high level calculus, right? And I was like, Oh, and she goes, do something with writing. And that was really the first, because I guess she had enjoyed my papers. Um, that was really the first time I thought like, yeah, maybe I'll try to like do writing or something like that. And then it wasn't until I got to college that I realized um, James Madison, where I went, offered 
like a like a media major. It's called SMAD School of Media Arts and Design, and they had sort of like a of a, a haphazard, hastily put together film concentration that had screenwriting classes. And I was like, oh, I like movies and I, I like writing, so that yeah. must work. And I so I just kind of fell into it more accidentally than anything else, um, which is good because this is literally the only thing I'm capable of doing. So if I somehow fall out of this industry, it's over. Yeah. I do wonder what I would do. Like, Oh, I wonder all the time. I mean, I think maybe something with the internet, but to me, that's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, let me, let me put it this way. If I couldn't, if I couldn't do something creative, I mean, I'm too lazy to be a teacher. So there's, there's nothing. I for honestly me. think I would be like, like a waitress at a, at a very high end restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Like I, that's what I would go for like a high end steakhouse. I'd, I'd be working at Pep Boys or something. Yeah, I would. I mean, but that you can make good money doing that. Like, no, there's absolutely. I nothing. had the same thought. I was like, I think I might be a mechanic or someone that a fixes mechanic. things. No, yeah, because I genuinely enjoy fixing things. By the way, that's not to say there's anything <laughs> remotely wrong with that. I'm just saying that would drive me crazy. Oh yeah. Um, so the customer service end of it. Just oh. let me be the no, person who like doesn't like, have to interact with the people. I used about. to. I used to sell. Timeshare. Oh, really? No. So I've been to hell and back. I, that wasn't even like a thing during our time. Like, what, what do you mean when you were? Well, I'm older than you. I when think. you were in your 30s and the 80s. No, like, no, no. This is, <laughs> I mean, I've, I might as well have been. No, this was like the turn of the the turn of the millennium. I was I like guess. just coming out of college, and, and I lived right near a resort. So where were like what? It's called Massanutten. <laughs> Uh-huh. It's a, it's like Wait, a mountain. It's, yeah, it's called Massanutten, uh, and it's a mountain resort in Virginia. Damn, check it out. It's actually kind of awesome. And so, but like, so how do they work? Like, a bunch of people get on all the same, but you can trade them, right? Yeah, yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, it's basically what we would do is like people would people would be offered like a free weekend. Yeah, uh, and in return for you know their lodging, they would have to take like what was called an hour long tour. Okay, um, of the resort. The resort was huge, so it was actually like a three hour long tour. And over that tour, we would try to convince them to buy like a week of a condo yeah. at the resort. And yeah, there was this whole system. How much like is you a week could, of a condo? Like a, I think like the average was like. Um, I want to say it was like $9,000 for what? To, to, uh, to own it oh. in perpetuity. Oh, okay, um, okay. Some of them went up as high as like 20, depending on like the amenities and stuff okay. like that. Um, but yeah, so so basically it was, hey, I'm going to show you around this resort. And then it's like, here's a bill of sale for $20,000 if you'd like to buy so this property. So every year for, for, for the rest of their lives. One week 20, a year. 000. Oh. Yeah. I don't know, man. Well, the the I, the deal? idea behind it was <laughs> the idea behind it was that as prices of hotels escalate, you would never have to pay for a hotel again. You could just like if you didn't want to come to Virginia, you could trade your week in Virginia and pull one out of the system like in Hawaii. It was never that easy, but that was sort of the idea. So they didn't yeah, they didn't think of the advent of uh, Airbnb. Yeah, well, there was no. This is like two thousand two, two thousand three. So there were no apps. Yeah, we didn't have apps. Yeah, um, I barely knew you how were to text a fucking back con then. Artist. It was. It was. I mean, there were people who worked there who were super scammy. Like I, I, I was a shitty salesman because I tried not to lie. Right. So I was like always one of the lowest ranked. Right. Like, why are you still here? To be honest, it's not the easiest to cancel. Yeah, like that's. I wouldn't be able to lie to anyone at all. Yeah. Yeah, like like any what real estate deal, like, you had like seven days to back out, and that's it. Yeah, and you were just in. Your then money you were in, was yeah. gone. 
Yeah, your down payment at least. Can you? I mean, what if you like lost everything, but you had this timeshare? Would you? Sell well, you it can sell someone? it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can sell. It's it's real property. Okay. It's like a it's like a week a week slice of real property, but you actually get a deed and everything. But what if you like hate the other people that own this house? The other 50 well, you never years? have to see them because you're there on your own week. But how does the house get like back to normal? Well, they have the at the at every resort they have people who come in and clean it like it's a hotel room. Yeah, you so pay you, for that. Yeah, too. you never see anybody else. I mean, unless you have neighbors. But, but. people take care of it, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of the fee. Yeah, no, but I mean, like the people before you. Like, how do you know? No, even people? even if they don't, somebody comes in after they leave before you get no, there. No, I know, and, I know, I know. But like, what if they, people can really trash a place? Oh yeah, that's yeah. You have insurance for that, but yeah. Okay. And and yeah, the resort area takes care of it. I don't know about these timeshares, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like I said. I've stayed in a couple timeshares because yeah. like friends of friends have had them. And it's been, it was clutch, but like, I don't think I would do it. It's a, it's a tough sell. Read the fine print, guys. <laughs> okay, we have a letter. And I get to read it. I'm very excited. Hi. Y'all are awesome and hilarious. And I'm so happy that I stumbled upon this podcast. I admire what you do in the wise slash accepting slash funny way that you do it. I'm a 26-year-old Pennsylvania native. Hey, Pennsylvania. But I live in Oregon now, and I'm working in an office doing architecture stuff. My question is about trying to be a professional lady who also struggles with anxiety in a pretty real way. In college, I started to realize I needed help with my anxiety and panic attacks and whatnot. If anything can expose your mental illness in architecture, and if anything can expose your mental illness, it's architecture school, laughing out loud. I got help and it was the best thing I ever did. I'm diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder and obsessive compulsive disorder, but I'm doing a lot better with therapy, uh, with the help of medicine and therapy. I've always kept my mental stuff on the down low because it's personal and I'm awkward, but I never want to feel like I have to hide anything. Still working on the shame thing that comes with the stigma around mental health. Is it ever appropriate to mention this stuff in the workplace? Like if I can only get a weekly therapy appointment that requires me to leave work early, or if I'm feeling like I'm about to panic in the office and need to take a walk or something. I don't want to seem weak or make excuses. Architecture is a very male-dominated field, and I need any professional advantage I can get. However, I also don't want people to think I'm weird and secretive by not explaining some things. Maybe it's not a big deal, or maybe it is. I really don't know. Please advise. Thanks, Katie. I mean, like, you don't have to be the face of anxiety at your office. Yeah. You know, but you can go to your boss and, like, if you need to leave for therapy or something like that, I think that's valid. I Like, look, the one thing I will say is that pe- it does build up a resentment amongst coworkers mm-hmm. if you get to leave early to go to therapy because in most industries, like ours included, that's very stress-filled, like, yeah, everyone should leave to go to therapy. Right, like, right. every absolutely everyone in the room should get up and go to therapy. Yeah. Um, but you can't always. So um, I think it's really about who you tell and how you tell them. And, like, I don't think – there. I think there's a big difference between hiding it and advertising it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And also, like, using it as an active excuse as to why you can't – like do your best work. Yeah. I so I come from a family where both my grandfather fathers and my father um more or less had nervous breakdowns in their 30s. Um I don't think my grandfather's ever got treated for it. My dad finally did when he was in like his 40s. My uh, grandfather like, had a nervous breakdown too. Yeah. It yeah. it runs in families. And What does um, that look like? Just- my 
Well, my mom, I'm I'm so frustrated because they were like, well, back then you didn't go to a therapist, so we don't really know what happened. He was just like really paranoid. Yeah. He thought people were following him. Uh-huh. He couldn't get out of bed. He They had to like send him back to Puerto Rico to like deal oh, with it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But for my dad, it just manifested itself in anger because he was so frustrated all the time with the way he was feeling inside. And then he got on Paxil one day and was like, I'm good. Um, so it was, it's for my family, at least it's that kind of thing. And I have, um, on a K well, I have really bad anxiety that, that creeps up on occasion. And the same thing happened to me that happened to my dad and my grandfather's in that it just sort of like came on one day. And I, I like went to the emergency room like three or four times, like I am having a heart attack and they started to figure out who I was. And they're like, you're not, you just need to go see your doctor. And I didn't want to. And then I did. And I got a medicine for a while and it really helped. Um, and so I think that I, I, what you said about, you don't want to necessarily hide it, but you don't want to advertise it is so true. And I think that what's really important is if you feel like you're in a place where you can handle it now, that's the only thing that you need to project. If you want to tell somebody, it's like, Hey, I've got this thing. I deal with it. It's okay. I'm not asking for special treatment, but I just want to let you know, like, if you ever see me having a rough time, that's what it is. I'll get past it. Yeah. Um, just let me go. And I, I think that I think that the more that you own it and that you project to people that you're okay and you know you're going to make it, then they're usually fine with it. Um, like, I've learned especially not to have trouble talking to people about it because, A, I think a lot of people now get it. Yeah. And even if they don't, they respect that you do about yeah. yourself. Yeah, and it's also, I think, a lot more common. First of all, I think it's more common than ever that that uh, people have anxiety because I think that our generation has gone through kind of a lot of traumas and yeah. stuff like that, a new, a new level of traumas than generations before. So I think anxiety and depression is super, super common. There's probably multiple people in your workplace that deal with it as well. And yeah, and probably feel like they don't want to deal with the same stigma that you're worried about. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say the stigma only really perpetuates because the people who you usually do find out have some sort of mental health issues more often than not have to explain themselves in case they act out. Yeah. But there are plenty of people who do deal with mental health issues that don't act out and nobody knows that they're dealing with mental health issues. So if those people who are quote unquote seemingly normal – we're open about the mental health issues that would change the stigma too. Yeah. So it's also important for like people who do have their stuff in check to talk about it. If they feel open. Yeah. Yeah. And f- find some, I, I would say find somebody like the person at work that you trust the most that you don't think, I, I think most people won't like come after you for it, but that you're pretty sure won't come after you for it and just explain to them like, Hey, this is what it is. And do almost like a test case. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think that that can hurt. Yeah. Um, the the like you said, the thing that you don't want to do is just kind of like walk into the office and be like, I have anxiety. And just, yeah. you know, like be you I because I, I think that you this person is obviously not gonna Katie's not gonna do that because she's conscious of it, but you don't want to you don't want to turn the office against you by being like, I have anxiety, and so here's my list of demands. That's yes, not, exactly. That's not help. Like the Aviva like the Aviva Dresher on Real Housewives in New York. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's also, like, the corporate culture to consider. Mm-hmm. There's, yeah. like, what is your track record in the office? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you don't have to disclose it to a lot of people. You can just disclose it to your direct yep. supervisor. And as long as they know and you have a good relationship with them, yep. like, that's the, that's the only person who really has to kind the, of know. That's, and that's yeah. what they're paid to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. the person. 
Maybe the talk to your like human resources person. I, I understand why it's scary and, and all those reasons make sense. But at least in my own experience, I found that um, the the quantity of the unknown is way worse than it would have been if I had like told somebody and they were like, oh, you weirdo. Yeah. yeah. That's the worst that can happen is that you get called a weirdo yeah. and uh, I don't know fired, but right. I don't think they there's laws they that can protect you from doing that. Yeah, that's one but, of those businesses where people actually get held accountable if they do shitty things. Yeah, and you don't need to reveal like everything about your what you struggle with. You can be selective about the details that you share. You yeah. know, that's pertinent to like whatever permissions you need to get yeah. off for therapy and stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, and remember, no one at work is your friend. it's true don't like you know you can't go and start talking about some weird anxiety attack you had sometimes you know especially just people keep people out of your life man (laughs) seriously this is why malls moved to the top of a hill no one needs to know about you um okay let's take our next call hi malls my name is lauren um i'm 23 and i live in iowa So I just graduated from college about a year ago, um, and I ended up moving back to my hometown, which wasn't necessarily my first choice, but I did get a pretty nice job on paper um, that was in my field that I, um, in the major that I graduated with, which is advertising. Um, So I've been at this job for about a year. I live in my own apartment in my hometown, which is pretty ideal for me. Um, And like I said, on paper, this job is pretty great. However, um, it's a startup, it's a really small office, and um, when there are problems within the company, it's kind of felt everywhere. Um, Management can get a little negative. It's just becoming a pretty toxic environment in a lot of ways, and one that I don't necessarily know if I like. I know jobs aren't rainbows and sunshine all the time, but um, there are a lot of internal issues within this company that makes it Um, pretty hard to separate work and personal life. So it's kind of taking a toll on me. Um, My lease is up in this apartment in my hometown in the fall. So I'm kind of wondering if I um, should make a move to a different city and just look for another job or if I should stick it out at this job for another year. Like I said, I just graduated college. Um, So the field that I'm in isn't necessarily the field that I want to be in forever. I mean, I've had one job out of college, so to say that this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life is kind of crazy, Um, but at the same time, I only have one year work experience, so if I move to a bigger city, um, I kind of fear that I might not be able to get a a decent paying job um, that I I at least want. So um, I'm kind of stuck right now. I'm not really sure what to do. I don't know if you can read my angel cards. Um, if not, just any general advice would be great. Hey, Malt and Christina. I just called, um, asking a question about my job and whether or not I should move in the fall. Um, probably didn't mention that because I'm in my hometown, I'm obviously, um, in the same city as a lot of my family members who, um, most of my family members have a lot of boundary issues, specifically my mom. We've kind of been like, attached at the hip my entire life. She raised me by herself. I'm her only daughter. So um, as I get older, I'm noticing a lot of boundary issues Um, and living in the same city with her just is a lot as well. And another reason that I kind of want to um, spread my wings and go somewhere else. I should also probably mention that any city that I am looking to move in 
it would be pretty close to my hometown now, but much larger in population. Um, and I know you only read angel cards if the concerns are dope and like positive and, you know, specific. So I hope that this qualifies for that. But if not, general advice will do. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so unfor- like unfortunately, no, there wasn't really a specific question here that would warrant an angel card reading. But like, dude, this is the, I mean, like, what's the this is like? What's the question? Your lease is up. You graduated college. Just look for a job before you move. Like, don't go to a city and get an apartment. If if especially if it's close enough to your like where you're currently living. That that it's like like you're not worried about not seeing your mom that often. Like, I mean, how hard is it to just go into Chicago or whatever city that would be? It's Chicago. She's yeah, from and just yeah. Unless well, she's talking how, about like Cedar Rapids, which how doesn't is, even count. Yeah, but how would that? I mean, like, duh, just get a job before you get there. So, well, first of all, I want to say. I, I don't even believe that was a 23-year-old woman because it sounded like a distinguished, like, senator. She did. That's not she the voice did. of a 23-year-old. Yeah. That's a confident, yeah. like, 30-year-old person. Yeah. Um, so congratulations on your voice. Uh, second of all, I would – I'm a big, big fan of writing yourself into a corner. Um, and so I, I'm I, – I can't think of a good reason for this person not to move to a different place and get a different job. And I'm I, I'm – secondarily a huge fan of not living your life for other people. And I understand attachments to parents and stuff like that, but at some point you got to do it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I totally agree. I don't think there's a question here. I think, I think in fact, like everything you said with each thing, I was like waiting for you to get to the problem where it was like, but the one big thing is there's no reason why you can't do this. No reason why you shouldn't. Like, in fact, like, I don't know how you don't know that. That's the only part well, that makes me a little bit nervous for you. I, yeah, I, I I think that that's a good point because I was going to say she is 23. And if you've basically lived at home your whole life, that is a scary thing. So I get that. But you can't let it. Well, can't let it hold you back. Look at things the other way. I moved out here at 22 years old, like with gusto. But secondly, like to the point of her having the voice of like a um, senator. Yeah. Um, it seems like for a person her age, she kind of has the weight of the world on her shoulders. That's more how Maybe. I take that a little bit. And I just feel like it's like you're, she seems stuck to me and very rigid. Yeah. And I think that like you just need to take a little bit more of a chance. This is you're too young to not be doing stupid shit. It was, you know, it was kind of like give me permission to get away from my family, which yeah. you have it. Go. Yeah. Run. For sure. But like this is the time of your life. Like this, you're, if you are 32 years old and you're like in this in this position, yeah. it's just sad. Yeah. So you need to do it now while there's a recovery. I, I the the whenever whenever people ask me about like moving out to L.A., my main advice is do it as soon as you possibly can and as young as you can because the number one regret I hear from people who didn't do it was that they didn't do it. Yeah. So don't be that person who's sitting there five years from now in a career with a mortgage that you can't get out of. Like, go do it right. now. And like, again, we talked about this in pretty much every call. What's the worst that can happen? Like, you go to a city and you get a job and you don't like it and you come home. Yeah. Huh? Exactly. YOLO. <laughs> 
but you can get a job. Like you can you can get a get a job on like go on Craigslist, drive out there, get a cheap motel, stay with a friend, whatever. Yeah, do some interviews. Get some, like, lay some groundwork wherever you're going first. It's not that hard, man. Most people who move to a new city, like, I got it when I moved to L.A., I lived with two, three other people, and I was paying off college, and I made, like, $29,000 a year, and I made it work. You just make it work. You make it work. So, Jeff, like, I think, I guess on our third anniversary episode, which was just last week. Oh, congrats. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome, and... Awesome. Um, but uh, I did like a little bit of a call to action to try and get, I want to get 500 iTunes reviews by Damn. the end of the year. That's good. Which is My it, podcast has, I think, 26. We're at 242 right now. We are. Yeah. Yeah. So people kind of pulled through. Yeah. We've been on for three years. How long has your podcast been on? I don't know, like f- three or four. <laughs> Years we, don't, we you, don't we don't have the listenership you do. Okay, but are you also are you telling them to are you saying you know leave iTunes reviews? We started to. Are you prompting? Yeah, yeah Get but a prompt. nobody, nobody does it. It's a screenwriting thing. They're not gonna. Oh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. That's the name. Oh, well, say the name of your screenwriting podcast. It's, it's called the Broken Projector. You got to get that out not, there yeah, more, I, man. Well, it's it, we, it, I'm not a self promotional. You got to do cross promos. I man. know, I know, but I I do a it's a it's a screenwriting and film podcast with uh, with Scott Beggs, who's a former uh film critic and writer and um yeah we mostly just take screenwriting questions any and... relation to jason no oh. no begs oh. With an e. oh oh that's cool <laughs> well yeah we have a lot of people who have called in about screenwriting before so it's worth listening to you guys that's oh, another yeah. that's another yeah, good give us tip. a chance that's another good tip for aspiring this is, writers. yeah la one of our top most listened cities i mean there's a lot of people out here trying to make it dreams but you know you don't you can live anywhere and have dreams well i think it helps also listening to like writers talk about their process too right yeah yeah we do that and thank Um, you thank you for letting me promote duh that's like (laughs) that that you that should have been the assumption of why you were here is to promote like i said i've already told you i'm not a good salesperson it's okay no but 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 you should be timeshares are one thing your podcast (laughs) i would hope is definitely another um so I told our listeners that if we get to 500 reviews by the end of the year, uh, that I would do something special for them. Ooh. But I don't know what that is. So I was wondering if you have any like pitches on what I could do when we get to 500. Man. And this is just some pitches, you guys. I'm not, this is not promises. <sighs> That's tough over, you know, what is essentially like radio. Um, let me have a think on that. I'm going to I'll think of something good by the time you're done reading your Well, it, it could be anything that can be used on the internet medium. Like because I mean it could be a video of some sorts, it could be a maybe trying to book a special guest. It could be we could launch like the merch store. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I was going to say I see I always skew towards something potentially embarrassing. Um, like you, you have to do a song that you absolutely cannot sing at karaoke. Like that would get, that would get me to tune in. All the songs. Yeah. (laughs) So just a song. I I do karaoke. Yeah. Um, I mean, last night we wanted to do like an act out, like Ryan was going to coach me through a lifetime scene (laughs) and I pussied out and I said, Stephen and Ryan, you guys have to do it. So Stephen Ray Morris and Ryan, my seat does our sound guy, Stephen and, my friend Ryan acted out a scene from 
the Fab Five last night together. Yeah, you know, you might have already done this, but I'm you know, it would be you know, it would be great is if you did an entire show drunk out of your pants. We've done that. Okay. Yeah, we've done Damn. that. <laughs> That's actually our first like eighteen episodes. Where... I'm gonna have to go back and listen. We used to drink. Yeah, we used to drink when we would do the show, um, and then we actually kind it. of recently, yeah, um, did like an episode where we went to uh, uh, smokehouse. Smokehouse. Oh, I love the smokehouse. And I was, I was ripped. Like I was turned up. <laughs> And she I was, was trying to get me to drink even more. I'm like, somebody has to be aware of where the ship is going. <laughs> All right, I'm, I was I'm like, definitely going back and I like that blacked episode. out. It's it, called the Smokehouse episode. Oh, I'm, I'm in. So, um, I want to read some comments that came through. Christina picked them out. I was so excited when I went on. I never like go and check because I think that one, like, it's kind of like it needs to feel like Christmas, where it's like if I go every week and I'm diligent about it, then I just sort of get used to it. But if once every once a year, once every six months or so, I go on there and click the reviews, I'm like, oh, look at you guys. So <laughs> I was saying to Christina how impressed I was that you guys actually followed up and started leaving reviews, which I asked that you please do. But um, she picked out a couple that she wants me to read. This is um, Appreciate from Free Socks 225. There's a couple people who did. Did that. Appreciate you. Yeah. <laughs> so obsessed with this podcast. Smalls is brilliant, hilarious, and so fun to listen to. Christina is an absolute angel, and they always have the best guests. <laughs> These girls are always making me laugh, making me think, and inspiring me to try a new thing. Went on my first Tinder date because of Please Advise, LOL. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. I hope you had fun. I genuinely do appreciate all the hard work they put into making this amazing podcast. I look forward to it every week. Thank you, free socks. I hope she got free socks. Damn, really... that's a that's a good review. That was nice. Um, and then we have My Girls for Life by Uh-oh. Alyssa Mish. <laughs> she goes, uh, I've been listening since episode 55 with Laura Miller. At the time, I was adjusting to my new meds and I needed some relief for my mental health. Sorry. I'm laughing at myself, not you. Um, I was wondering if you guys were adjusting to your meds at the same time. (laughs) Honestly, probably. I love how Miles and Christina both dive into social, political, family, sexuality, and health topics. They keep it real, and sometimes I really need to hear it. They open my mind to positive lights, and I'm so grateful for this show. It's been over a year, and uh, it's been over a year since, and I still listen every week. Keep it up, ladies. We will. We're going to keep it up. Thank you. Thank you guys for writing in those reviews. It means a lot. I mean, I guess it really does help, man, in the algorithm. It does. Do you guys want to hear about um, the new Emotionally Broken Psychos podcast? Yeah. Yes. So I have – it's coming out very soon, but I have a a podcast about reality TV called Emotionally Broken Psychos, and I have um, some people that I've discovered in the Emotionally Broken Psychos, like, network of listeners that I've given their own shows. So there's – Feathers in My Hair, which is a teen mom podcast hosted by Liz Bentley. And then there's one called The Smush Room, which I'm obsessed with, which is hosted by my friend Troy <laughs> McGeady. And it's all about like weird celebrity hookups. So we had John Mayer and Sheena, uh, Sheena Shea from Vanderpump Rules recently. We had Nick Carter and Paris Hilton. Um, oh, God. Uh, the, Ashley Simpson and Wilmer Valderrama. Uh, there are some really, really good ones. It's basically like a work of art, what he does every week. Courtney Sodden and Doug Hutchinson. I actually, I really do love that relationship. I really feel bad it ended. Misha Barton and Cisco Adler. Um, so we're about to release our third um, podcast, which 
you get through going to the Patreon. Um, but we give out samples on the Apple's podcast store. Is that what it's called now, Christina? Apple Podcasts. Fuck. Well, um, <laughs> we have a third one coming out soon called um, On the Plus Side. And it's hosted by my friend Lisa Angelo in Boston. She literally like just worked for Obama. And then she like needed a new job. So she moved back to Boston. And uh, it turns out we're actually from the same hometown. She went to private school. I went to public school. And um, she had gastric bypass a long time ago. She'd been dealing with weight issues kind of her whole life. And she's been um, just ever since I've kind of met her, I've been talking about sort of like her different weight struggles and how they interlink with their personal problems. And we just kind of figured out like maybe that's what the next pod. Sorry, maybe that's what the next podcast is, is something that's more. Less about take it off the reality TV. Like, what's one way we can fill out this sort of like network of reality, emotional psychology, sort of linked stuff? Where can we fill that out next? And so we're doing a podcast all about weight and plus size issues and issues of, of any anybody. Um, and I listened to the pilot the other day, and it was so uh, exciting and good. And I can't wait for you guys to hear it. It's like very. It's like your friends having a conversation about diets and food that's funny and honest and like very self-deprecating but also like compassionate and it's cool i think it's exciting i think you'll enjoy it y'all came up with great titles thanks those are good i struggle so badly with titles so i'm always impressed by good ones this mushroom was originally going to be Derek Jeter, uh Derek jeter's herpes tree because like but then <laughs> like from that famous online thing but then Troy said, he's like, I can't, he's like, I just can't. He's like, I'll giggle every time I say herpes. Also feels like a lawsuit. Well, no, I mean, that's, that's like that famous. No, no, I know. Yeah. Can he, I mean, could it be a, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. That'd be pretty amazing if Derek Jeter sued me. Not to like bring that into my house, (laughs) but like, that would be just like absolutely wild. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. It's like name is a brand. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, you know, like going after a little podcast on a Patreon. By, by the way, going back to that real quick, I just want to I just want to put this out there because I am I never know any celebrity relationships. And so I'm excited to know one that you mentioned. I never like I I will never in my life believe that Courtney Stodden is not like a 35 year old woman. Yeah. You know what? Sorry. I feel that way about Kim Zolciak, too, where it's like, you know, Kim Zolciak. From, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've like never been able to like I, since we started seeing her on Real Housewives of Atlanta, the fact that she was like 28 and I was what? maybe like 23 at the time. I was like, no, 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 no. no she's always been 40. She's 45. Yeah. Like, she's something like that. No, 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 no. Like that. Like we were supposed to believe she was 28 years old. No. When that show started. Don't you think it would have come out by now? Yeah, no, I know. I just don't know how she looks like that and is not. <laughs> like Margot Robbie, kind yeah. of? Uh, no, Margot Robbie looks young to me. Kim Kim Zolciak looks like, you know, probably 15 years older than she claims. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I think there's something that uh, other people see. it. She might be something like that. That blue dress, white dress thing where it's just like for some people, they see a version of her that I really don't see. That's And we might be on the white dress side of that. That's clever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you mean. Because some people are like, no, she's like beautiful. And I'm like, what? Like, I do wonder I'm sometimes. Call, I'm not one to call like a woman like homely, but like I don't, like, don't really particularly find her to be an attractive person. 
I do. Is that mean? (laughs) No, I don't. I don't know if it's mean, but I do wonder sometimes how much living in LA has warped our sense of aging and what. She doesn't live in LA. She lives in Atlanta. No, no, no. no. Yeah, Yeah. but us. Yeah, that's that's possible. I look. I admittedly, my best friend from high school, whose name is Trevor. Hi, Trevor. Hopefully, you're listening. Hey, Trevor. He he looked. He looked forty when we were sixteen. Like he had chest hair and a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, and we're like, what are you doing? You're a narc. Oh, it's like Jason Jason Waller. Or yeah, from, like he he was like he looked thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, the, I think that was a lot of like drug use and stuff too. Just like being like he was like leathered from like falling asleep on the beach, drunk too much or something. And I, I, I want to put I shouldn't talk like I'm I'm almost thirty eight and I look like I'm forty five. So no. I, I'm I shouldn't. This is not like I'm I'm talking about my own kind here. No, 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 no. It's it's a different it's a different thing. I think Courtney Sodden <laughs> though. I don't. I mean, I really think that for she did not have plastic surgery for a long time. Like when we first met her, I don't know that she had had it. Oh may, no, maybe not. But I still, I'll, I'll never believe she was sixteen. Really? Yeah. You could show me birth certificates, and it'd be like Trump and Obama. I just wouldn't believe it. Have you watched that ABC interview again recently, or like the very? I don't first think I watched one? it the first time, but oh, I know of it's it. So good. It's just so good. It's worth a rewatch once every once in a while. It's just, it's like fascinating. I mean, like she's really hamming it up. I wonder what, like, if they worked on that together or, like, how, I mean, just is very interesting. Um, well, Christina, do we have anything else for today? I think my allergies, my allergies have been a very present uh, presence on these re- most recent podcasts. So I apologize to everyone for that. Um, but thank you so much for listening, Jeff. Uh, people can find you at your, on your podcast mm-hmm. and on the internet. On the internet. Where at? Twitter, I guess. You can find me on Twitter. Yeah, we'll link your Twitter in the bio. Thanks. And uh and um I'm excited to uh I'm excited for all your future projects, man. Yeah, I Big hope fan. I get some. We <laughs> you will. We both will. We better. We damn well better. I know. Oh my god. The world really, deserves us. No, like really, what if we don't? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm 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 screwed. Yeah. Totally really screwed. scary. Yeah. That was smart of you to marry someone so that like they had their. That's it's part of the reason I married a, a lawyer. Yeah, yeah, that's very smart. I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I think that's what I should do. I'll talk to Teresa. We'll see if we can fold you in. Yeah, is there a guy at the firm? Oh, I just met with us, but sure. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, that'd be cool. <laughs> um, I would love to join the family. Oh, I oh, then you can have a backyard with so all do the you same watch Southern charm. <laughs> no, but I know the girl. There's a girl from Real World. Cameron, on it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So JD, like the old guy who owns Gentry Bourbon, like he's like the there's older. A, sorry, there's a, there's a guy named JD who owns Gentry Bourbon. Yeah. Okay. And he's like kind of like the uh, old married guy of the group. Like he's the one that's like the voice of reason. And he and his wife Elizabeth are like his wife Elizabeth is just like Patagonia fleece, like low ponytail, like pearl earrings, like but also mom of four. Like she's just very like lovely and plain like and i mean that in the nicest way possible like she ca- she makes no waves like elizabeth just is just appropriate <laughs> and so um i my friend kate casey had tweeted something like do we think jd sleeps with his bow tie on and i tweeted back the real question is is will he sleep with me and then his <laughs> wife re- wrote back unfortunately he sleeps with me his wife <laughs> Bow tie optional. And I wrote back, 
Well, I would love to, like, I I said, well, if you think of opening things up, I would make a lovely companion. <laughs> she, was she being playful or do you think she was pissed? She's, she, like, did a laughing emoji, but I'm sure she wasn't, like, thrilled. It's, not, it's a damn but low maybe, ponytail. But maybe, I mean, like, out of that, uh, there's a lot of hot guys on that. Well, there's two hot guys on that cast. So I can, and her husband is not traditionally one of them. So maybe <laughs> the fact that she was getting a little bit of, like... Oh, like someone's got a dime piece at home was making her happy. Um, all right. Um, you guys, love you all. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Sorry, I just got distracted by a gif of Nicki Minaj um, that was on my phone when I opened Twitter, which I didn't mean to do. Um, <laughs> hope you guys have a good week. Christina, thank you for being here. My weed card expired today. I just went, no, I went yesterday. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm going to go get my card tomorrow, I think. Okay. If I have the day off. I think I should have the day off tomorrow. Okay. I'm just telling you. All right. <laughs> bye, Jeff. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.